All right, so Barcelona shrugging off the absence of the injured Lionel Messi, routing the arch-rivals Real Madrid. 5-1 it was in that El Clasico. Not sure where you were, where you were watching the game and what your impressions were of the game, uh, but it was certainly Luis Suarez scoring a hat-trick uh, at the new camp. Now, that victory taking the defending champion Barca literally a point clear at the top of La Liga. Real Madrid is trailing in ninth spot. Seven points behind and uh, with its coach as well. Uh, that's uh, Yulin Lepetegui under increased pressure after a sorry recent run. Let's uh, go across now uh, to David Cottledge who is ESPN Spanish football journalist. David, thank you so much for your time. Good evening and what an El Clasico. How would you rate this amongst the ones you've seen? Yeah, it was uh, it was quite an interesting classical. Um, no Messi, no Ronaldo. The first time in eleven years that has been the case. Um, so it's pretty much a new era of uh, of an El Clasico fixture, and uh, Barcelona were were dominant. Um, they had a shaky spell in the second half, but uh, other than that, they controlled the game. I mean, was that just simply a case of who is willing to take the reins post a Messi, post a Ronaldo? Uh, but then when you've got somebody who literally would score no less than 40 goals per season in Ronaldo not being there, how were the chances of Real Madrid ever coming good? Yeah, it's always going to be difficult, um, I think. You know, you, you look at all the problems that they have had in in recent weeks. And then the fact that this fixture was always on the horizon, it did make things a lot more difficult for them um, in terms of planning, in terms of getting things right. Um, and, and that will now have to begin uh, tomorrow when they will likely appoint a new coach. Well, tell me a bit about that, though. Is, is that confirmed now, David? Uh, will, will coach be leaving? Has he been fired? Um, there's no official confirmation yet, but it's uh, as good as official uh, Yulen Lopetegui will be relieved of his duties this evening. Uh, there is a meeting at Real Madrid, and uh, they will they'll just confirm it, ratify it. Um, and then tomorrow, Antonio Conde, uh, last seen at Chelsea, will be presented as the new coach. So literally as simple as that, amongst the speculation around who will take over, we can confirm that it will be that man from Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be Antonio Conde. Um, he is on a flight uh, from Egypt uh, to Madrid, and uh, he will he will sign on and, and all being well, be presented tomorrow as their new coach. In your opinion, and in, in in defense of what he will be bringing in, Antonio Conte is that people are a bit skeptical about his approach to play generally, where you would expect in uh, La Liga football, and especially where you have uh, Galacticos or players like what Real Madrid is supposed to be, David, uh, that he might have a more of a defensive approach to the game as opposed to what we've seen in uh, Barcelona yesterday, attack after attack, providing goal after goal. Yeah, indeed, and, and, and that is the main concern, but it seems that matters you know, um, off the field, are what are most important at Real Madrid, there's a feeling that uh, everything has come a little bit lax, a little bit lazy, and they need an authoritarian figure. And they see Antonio Conte as exactly that. That's why they, they, they are hiring him. It's not really for his football, his brand of football. It is for the fact that he is a disciplinarian. Uh, and the, the owner, uh, the chairman, uh, president, Florentino Perez, he feels that that's the sort of approach they need. And... There's a lot missing, though, within Real Madrid. Do you think it was just largely down to the coach not quite being able to do the job? Does he have uh, the player personnel that can pull it off, that can deliver? Um, no, absolutely not. Um, Lopetegui is only a small part of the problem, I do believe. 
um, the bigger part of the problem is that you know Real Madrid's transfer policy has has been poor for quite some time. I think they they, they let Cristiano Ronaldo go. He wasn't truly replaced. They chased Neymar all summer, um, and then there, there was no solution to that. So in the end, they got desperate and got Mariano Diaz back. Um, and it, that's not the way to run a, an elite club, one of the best clubs in the world. Um, but unfortunately, being ran poorly. I mean, you would imagine somebody like uh, Mbappe being a Real Madrid player. You would expect them to take him on nice and early as a youngster to grow within uh, the Real Madrid culture. Is that somebody, again, uh, David, that you would think they'll be searching for? Yeah, absolutely. They, I think they're they're going to be looking for a big name in January. I think that would be very difficult. It always is very hard in January to bring in a, a big player. So it might have to wait until the summer. Um, and then they, they will look at bringing in Neymar, Mbappe, Hazard, just one of those players. That's the calibre of player that they will be looking at. They feel they need a marquee signing, a poster boy as such, to replace Cristiano. And Ronaldo's, I mean, he's obviously come in and stuck the knife in. I read earlier today in an interview that he had with a French football magazine uh, saying that, uh, you know, he literally left the club because of Perez, the president of the club, uh, saying that he only ever looked at me as a business relationship. I know it. And what he told me never came from the heart. I mean, that's that's quite a thing to say about your former president. Indeed, that that is the way that things are run at Real Madrid. It, it is it's very strict in that sense, in in terms of being, you, you know, run like a business. Um, there's not rich, really much time for sentiment. They have to win. Uh, they have to make money. It's things like this what makes that club tick. And and it's sometimes things like that do do get lost. The the heart, the relationship, uh, do get do get lost at that. And and do we see though? In terms of what we saw in the Classico, uh, David, where you look at the number of goals and it could have been more, you know, conceding five goals in, in a competitive game for literally the first time since uh, 2010 when they played against the very same Barcelona and that score was 5-0. You know, five goals in a Classico says a lot. Yeah, it really does. Um, I don't think they were flattered by the result of it by any means. It could have been more. I mean, don't get me wrong, Real Madrid did have a good period when they when they got one back. And, they, and no, they could have made it 2-2. But no, the, the, the scoreline represents, I think, the difference between the two clubs and where they are right now. Look, Barcelona aren't without their problems, but they certainly don't have as many as Real Madrid. But also not dependent solely on a Lionel Messi because it's about their system. I mean, all of their players are from the La Masia, um, you know, training and youth development that they have there. So they play according to a particular system, which largely is injected by the presence of a Messi. But without him, they are not crippled. No, absolutely. They, they bought well in the summer, I think. You know, if you look at the man of the match yesterday, it was probably Jungata who was brought in for, from Brazil over the summer from Gremio for around about forty million, and and he was he he's just been outstanding. He's been probably the sign of the season so far. That just goes to show that Barcelona Barcelona looked at their weaknesses and addressed them well, and they built a team around Lionel Messi. And you know they are still dependent on Messi. Of course, he, he's a fantastic player, so you do rely on his brilliance. But they showed a great great team performance without him yesterday. Thibaut Courtois. Where does he stand in all of this, uh, given how Conte related to him before? Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be one of the most interesting ones. Um, for instance, Sergio Ramos asked some of the, the Spanish national team players who, who were at Chelsea, such as Cesc, 
Pedro Azpilicueta, what they thought of Antonio Conde, and they didn't really have good reports this year about him. They actually used the term unbearable. Um, and Thibaut Courtois as well was was very, very concerned when he heard that Courtois might be coming. Um, and, and yeah, he is great. that's an interesting dynamic of relationship going uh, to watch. I mean, it's a dynamic of untold proportions as well. But then, again, for Barcelona, do they look like the final product here, David, that can go all the way, at least this time around, uh, to go clinch the La Liga title? Um, it's very early at the moment, and, and they are still encountering a few problems as well. But, you know, they, they are on the way to developing, to becoming better. Um, and they've got the right players in the right areas. And I think it's just a case of finding that familiarity and finding that support for Messi. If they do, then then yes, they can certainly challenge for all the top prizes at the end of the season. It's it's a massive turnaround strategy that has to kick in here for a team that's literally failed to win uh, in the last, uh, what, past five La Liga games. Uh, you know, you lose four and you only draw one. It literally puts them in the worst run competition since, what, May of 20, 2009. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just simply not good enough. And that's why changes have to be made. Um, you know, these big clubs can't be losing two or three games in a row. They can't go without a win in maybe five or six it's simply not acceptable because the way that football is, it moves very, very fast and teams will always move ahead of you in the time that you've slipped behind. And that's why Real Madrid are off the pace right now in the league and there are several teams ahead of them. I mean, I just try and think of the, you know, the past three Champions League uh, victories that they had under Zidane and you start to think, hey, you know, what has changed so drastically? Yeah, Ronaldo's the one factor. Uh, but what, what are the newspapers saying? What are the headlines screaming uh, today that side, David? Um, it's, it's exactly like I said to you about Florentino Perez and the way that he has run the club, mm. the, the lack of a transfer policy, the lack of replacements brought into the club. Um, you know, Marker, they led the deal with, you know, Lopetegui's going to go, but he is not the only problem. And he isn't. There's lots of problems. They all need to be addressed. Conte is just going to be a temporary fix. There is a lot of long-term work and planning to do with the club. All right, David. Well, you've given us uh, the inside track after all the speculation about who will be sacked and who will be announced as a new coach. I want to thank you so much indeed for chatting to us right here on MSW here in South Africa. And thank you very, very much indeed for your contribution. Great speaking to you as always. Take care, everybody. David Cartledge, the ESPN Spanish football journalist, joining us live on the line from Spain. Maybe you give us your impressions as well if you watch that El Clasico 0605842250. It's a Monday. Reaction Monday. Also be trying to get word from the Premier Soccer League. What exactly is going on with that venue? Amazulu, Orlando Pirates. Telcom knockout. You read your tweets and you see what's happening.